welcome to Wine Road, the wine, when, and where of Northern Sonoma County. I'm your host, Marcy Gordon, with Beth Costa, Executive Director of the Wine Road. Once again, our show is on the air through the generosity and support of Ron Rubin Winery. Ron Rubin specializes in Russian River Valley Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, wines that to me truly capture the essence of the region. Check out their website at ronrubinwinery.com. Welcome to episode 183. Today, our guest is Eric Miller, and he is the owner and winemaker at Kokomo Winery. Welcome, Eric. Thank you so much for having me. This is the first time we've started a show. We actually have three bottles of wine open on the table. <laughs> yeah, really. We're, we're moving on this up. This is going to be a test. This is amazing because let's get right into the wine. We've never had three open at once, no. but let's start uh, with this beautiful pet nat. Tell us about this, I told this, the Eric. ladies they can spit if they yeah. need to, yeah. so well, just, to, just to be well, clear. But we're ladies, right. so we don't spit. <laughs> right, right, okay. Waste not, want not. Okay. Um, so, you know, I started this new winemaking project. Um, I started Kokomo in 2004, right, oh, wow. and uh, partnered with this fourth-generation farmer, Randy Peters, who's just uh, phenomenal at what he does and happens to have some really good land to grow grapes on, which uh, suits me very well. Um, and in... You know, I guess it was 2018, 2017, maybe I started to think about this project um, as if I didn't have enough on my plate already making 16 varietals for Kokomo. I decided (laughs) I would start a new brand. And what intrigued me about this new brand was the way that the wines would be made and the different style of winemaking. Um, and I, you know, as you always start a brand, you're like, what the heck am I going to call this thing? And right. good, good luck with that, everybody. Because... <laughs> I love always hearing the stories, how the names do come to be. Yeah. Cool. You know, well, the first thing is you think of a lot of cool names that are always taken and you're like, yeah. there's no way that's taken. How is that taken? But, <laughs> right. you know, if it's taken throughout any of the alcohol, uh, sectors at all, then it's taken. So, um, anyway, I, yeah, the way I got this name is I was at, uh, you know, I was doing one of those rosé tastings with uh, uh, a big rosé tasting. And anyway, one of my idols from way back was there, Les Claypool. And, you <laughs> oh, know, yeah. and so uh, Chris Sawyer had put this tasting on and and, he, and he's like, you know, I think maybe Les, I'm sitting next to Les Claypool and, and, and he's like, Eric, get up and give a toast, you know, and I'm kind of, I'm never short of words, but I was kind of going like, I just kept that one short and sweet. And I said, just getting together and breaking bread because we were having dinner after the tasting. And I got home that night and I said, that's my name, man. That's it. Breaking Bread. (laughs) Well, it's so appropriate. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, I think when you make food wines and, uh, you know, there's wines for all occasions and you don't always have to have food with wine. But these wines specifically, I kind of make thinking of, you know, food and, and really even lighter cuisine, if you will. So. This yeah, this is amazingly good. Is is like this is a natural wine project, right. and I make Kokomo very natural too. And so I always hate to say like, well, then what is Kokomo if it's not made natural? But the the, the big difference is is when I make these wines, we pick them less ripe, so they have higher okay. acid. Mm-hmm. We don't add SO two to the grapes when we bring them in, which is the first time I'd ever tried to do something like that of bringing in grapes and not knocking down the stuff that comes in the vineyard, which is these could be spoilage yeast and these any bacteria or whatnot, which SO two is just amazing to do. And and we've always used SO two and you know. It, minimally, you know, even with Kokomo, but like, so with Kokomo, I make a a rosé and I sterile filter it because I don't want it to go through malactic. Well, that would knock it out of the natural category. Right. You know. But um, that's a knockout wine. I was say, but that is a really (laughs) amazingly great rosé, but. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's a, that's a Grenache, thanks. That's a Grenache rosé. And I, and I cold stabilize it too. And I heat stabilize it, 
right? And that just keeps it really clear. The cold stability is just turning the, you know, the tank chiller on and letting the tartrates precipitate out in tanks so they don't do that in glass or in the glass bottle. And then, you know, the heat stability is, is finding the wine with bentonite, which is organic clay. Um, but I will add everything that I make for Kokomo, every single wine that we make for Kokomo and Breaking Bread is all native yeast. Oh, and it wasn't always that way, but in the last probably, you know, four to five years, I've really went that way. And, and so, you know, there's certain natural wine fairs that if you use native yeast, that's enough, but there's other ones that are like, it has to be unfined and filtered. And then there's the other big characterization of how do you farm and is it organic and is it certified organic? Right. And that's a big piece too. So, um, yeah, we have, uh. Um, a certified organic vineyard in, in Dry Creek. My wife and I, a 16-acre vineyard that my partner Randy farms. And and he farms organic too, but he just won't certify his stuff being that he's fourth generation. He has a tough time with that. Right. There's a lot What's, of people who do that and don't yeah. go th- It's a big process. It's a big paperwork certify. process yeah. and record keeping. And, and what right, I would say, yeah, you bring up the point of like, it's been in his land since his great-grandfather right. bought it. Mm-hmm. He definitely loves his land, but right. at the same time, you could imagine this third party coming onto the vineyard with a checklist right. asking for a check to <laughs> be certified A, B, or C. And the farmer's like, wait, wait a minute, like you're coming on here to, and, and the, you know, being a farmer your whole life is. So I think it's a little bit of a pride thing and there's a little bit of a something else to it, but, but I always, you know, assure folks that the number one thing that generational farmers want is these farms to continue in their families. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a legacy. And that doesn't work when you go and fumigate and spray a bunch of stuff. <laughs> no. and, but, you know, we went through a time when chemicals were better living. And in the 50s and 60s and 70s, it's like, why would we not use these things? Because we have them and we're these, you know, we're these humans that have these uh you know, we death can, rays. Yeah, or you know, like we can do these things. Why not do them? And then we realize, like, we shouldn't maybe do all not, that. maybe yeah. not in our best interest in the long run. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, so tell us about this pet nat, the first one we're tasting here. Okay, so um, is that if, you on the label? Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Bad got a, in, an interesting label to it. Uh, it's a hand drawn uh, rooster, which is a Polish top hat, but. If, it's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, it's kind of, it, you got to tell people what it is, and they go, okay, it is a rooster. Um, <laughs> it's like, I woke up like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. A little bedhead. So anyway, uh, Petnat, if those of you out there haven't heard of Petnat, it is a term that I didn't realize that wasn't even really invented or used until maybe the 90s, and the French started using this term Petnat, which stands for Petillant Naturel. Um, and it's a good marketing term, I think, but really this is the method ancestral. And so this is a sparkling wine made in the ancient way. And uh, a lot of natural wines, part of the category doing orange wines and carbonic wines and pet nats is a lot of just old school, very old winemaking. Right up Marcy's alley. This is my thing. I love love natural wine. I love orange wine. I love pet nat because there's something about there's an oomph to them. And a liveliness, you yes. know, energy. There's vitality. Absolutely. Not that other wines don't have it, but there's something particular about that category. I, it, it's You're absolutely right. There's people that, you know, kombucha-esque on some of these and yeah. so on. And, you know, I try to make, you know, so I think the something to say is that if you make wines with your hands tied behind your back, which is what natural winemaking is, you better have some very sound fundamentals in winemaking because you can get bit. And I've been bit every year on at least one lot of wine um, from breaking bread where I've had to throw it in the compost, you know, because I won't put out a 
wine that's not of, you know, this too high VA or right. a microbial mess in, in whatever way. Um, but yeah, so the, you have to really use, what we use is picking early. So we have acid as a natural preservative. Uh, with the reds, we use the stem mm -hmm. and carbonic maceration, which uh, the stem has a lot of really cool antimicrobial benefits. Uh, this pet nat, one of the things I was looking for, I was looking for some old vine dry farm stuff. You know, um, I, I love that not only because of its organic kind of nature, but being in Dry Creek Valley, um, and pardon me, Alexander Valley and Russian River Valley neighbors, but we like to say in Dry Creek Valley that we make and are known to make the best Zinfandel in the entire world. <laughs> um, and, you know, I know our neighbors would say, oh, and, and they absolutely do make stunning Zinfandel in Alexander Valley and Russian River as well. But, of course, we all know Dry Creek is famous Dry for Dry Creek is, yeah. Mm -hmm. And how could I not bring Zen into the conversation with the natural project? And more importantly, I wanted to make sure that these young people who are into natural wines, it happens to be a category that really supports this movement, mm -hmm. um, don't forget about Zinfandel. Right. Zinfandel is what brought us to the dance. Right. Like that's what we started with. And if you want to find some really cool vines, look at these old vines that are still in the ground, which are Zinfandel. Yeah. You know? Well, I've never had a pet nat of Zinfandel. And this is, it's just like vibrant. Yeah, it's really bright. This is really delicious. Oh, thank you, hon. Well, I first and foremost, I would say Zinfandel is so versatile, and I love to show its versatility. So you're drinking it in a sparkling format, and I do a rosé of it and a carbonic zin and more of a classic. But this is 1962 planted dry farm head train wow. vines that were actually – they're a little virused. And the vineyard didn't sell for a couple of years because it wasn't making the level of sugar that the winery wanted it for a big style zin. And I was like, this is actually perfect for what I'm doing because, you know, I'm not promoting virus, but vines that have virus, they tend to get physiologically ripe at lower bricks of sugar because they start to shut down, they start mm -hmm. to senesce, their leaves mm -hmm. start to turn, and their seeds turn brown and lignified at lower bricks. And so you get these kind of riper characters, but still having that really nice bright acid that we want. So, you know, when you pick sparkling, we always pick it at, you know, in the teens, 18, Early. 19. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a winner. Beth and I could definitely polish this off. <laughs> and I was just thinking that's going home with me. But I'm pretty sure. <laughs> we have two more wines. So yeah. let's get to this next wine that okay, I just cool. poured a little bit. It is called Aldante. Has the most awesome label again. And this is a, a red wine. What is the blend in this? It is Mulvedra, um, and I just call it al dente, al dente being, you know, we know that from uh, pasta not being fully cooked, and I kind of thought of this the way I made it as being of such, I mean, you know, it's the breaking bread It's got a little name. chew to it. Yeah. I love this. Thank you. This is, uh, we did something really cool in this one where we put it in a liter bottle, and I did that just, you know, really marketing, but you get an extra glass, and we wanted people to know that this is like chillable and meant to be... Yeah, you know, it's definitely. You brought it chilled. Yeah. Yeah, and this I, and is I, so good. you know, you can drink some of these reds with a slight chill on them. It may be a little too chilled, but but I do like them. They're more refreshing that way. And uh, well, so flavorful. This just makes me think I'm on vacation. Uh, cool, <laughs> cool. Well, this is eleven seven alcohol. Oh, I and love it. You're hard oh, pressed great. to find whites. Yeah. At eleven seven right. alcohol, yeah. let no. alone a red. And if, um, and really one of the secrets and one of the keys to that is the stem. Once again, so. Yeah. There's this thing called carbonic maceration, which doesn't really have anything to do with the stem except for that the berry's not been plucked off of it. So you get this CO2 Ferments in the grape. In the grape. And that's a very lifted fruit forward style. So you're smelling that aromatically in this wine, but your grip that you tasted and part of the, the tannin that you get on the palate is the stem. But 
also very important, the stem has potassium. The potassium is released through fermentation and it shifts the pH. So it's kind of the, it's a way that you can get out of what I call searing acidity, because if you, if I picked this and I destemmed it and I fermented it as such, all destemmed and, and I had it side by side with this wine, you would go like, oh, wow, they don't smell alike. Oh, they yeah. don't taste alike. Mm-hmm. And they're, the acid would be completely different, the acidity on the palate. So the higher pH, the smoother so it's, you know, inversely correlated, the higher pH, the lower acid. Right. And so that potassium, when it comes in at 3,2 pH, will shift me up to 3,4, 3,5 pH. And then it turns that searing acid to like a crunchy acid, I call that. It is a crunchy acid, and I love it. Cool. Yeah. So, something new, something different. And uh, fun for me, I mean, you know, when you're right. not distemming and you're throwing all your grapes with no SO2 into a bin, I do add dry ice to keep, you know, oxidation at bay, which is important. And that's a, a tool that we use. And the, and the grapes are picked nice and cold and you have to have good condition of grapes. You know, last year I got bit a little bit. We had that 116 degree heat wave that right. came through. Yeah. And then we saw rain 10 mm-hmm. days later. Yeah. And we had open wounds on the berries and then rain set in and you got to have pristine fruit um, to really not add SO2 and to make wines in this natural way. Before we started our podcast earlier, um, Marcy and I had watched the video that you have on uh, your website for breakingbread.com and um, breakingbreadwines.com. And um, I loved in the video where you said, if you don't have a few years experience of winemaking, that the natural wine thing is probably <laughs> not in your best interest. A lot of things can go wrong. Yeah, as a winemaker, you yeah. know, and, and, I, and I think that we all, there's so many opinions around natural wine and it's such a buzzword in our industry. Basically the premise is, and just, you know, this is our kind of definition of it, and I think most people's, is that you don't add anything to the grapes. So if you're using native yeast, but you're also, so you're not adding enzymes, you're not adding bacteria, commercial bacteria, but you're also not adding tannins. You're not adding, you know, concentrates. And there's a lot of things that started to get added to wines um, in the last, you know, several years. And if you look at a book from Scott Labs and you see all the things that you could buy to add to your wine as a young winemaker, (laughs) you you sometimes feel like I should, I'm missing the boat. I should be be adding some of this stuff. And, and so, but the coolest thing about wine that, that other alcoholic beverages will never be able to compete with, you know, for the most part is that we have native yeast on the grapes and they will turn into wine with no ingredients. And if we help them along, they won't be vinegar and they will be wine, um, you know, but we don't have to add anything. And there's no way you, you can't do that with hops and wheat and barley and those, those, those grains that you make other alcohols with will just sit there as grains and never ferment into anything until you have human interaction and boil them and create a mash. And, you know, it really takes that. But with right. wine, the coolest thing about it is, is how natural it can be. And I think that this movement is just going back to like raw, you know? Yeah. Well, now the third wine we're tasting is a a Cab Franc. It's a 2022. This is one of those varietals, Cab Franc, that when you decide to pick, this is 12.7 alcohol once again. So if you decide to pick this lean, you know one of the characteristics that you're going to have. And that's going to be those green pyrazines, as we call them. It's minty. It has that, yeah, definitely the pyrazine, but it also has that great savory nose on it. 
When this thing was fermenting, it smelled like, I called it chili relleno, you know, or like, <laughs> oh, wow. a, like a pepper jack cheese. And yeah, it really yeah. had those pyrazines. And then wow. as it continued to ferment, it really, now, it, you know, when I call it out, you smell it like that, but it's now just a piece of it. And it's not so in your face with that. And part of that is once again, the stem helping this out, you know, this is all, this is a, this is a takeoff of Chinon, you know, the region in France. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, on the finish on this is lovely. It makes you want another sip and it makes you want another bite. Yeah. Food wine. And a boulder. This could get into some, you know, whereas that al dente was more either porch pounder, if you will, um, yeah, or lighter vegetarian similar. cuisine. Right, right. This Cap Franc, we could certainly get into some proteins. Yeah. So, so very cool. And, you know, I brought these wines in because a lot of the the podcast and, and, and what we're talking about is what's going on in tasting rooms and, and what we're doing and so on. And so this for us is... What we decided to focus on was, you know, I make a lot of varietals for Kokomo, 16 different grape varietals. That's a lot. Um, so we have wow. a lot of unique varietals open um, always in the, in the tasting room. Um, but then we have this other style of wine, and we're starting to introduce this in our tasting room as well. We have kind of three to four different rooms in our winery, like a barrel room and an outside area and a couple different tasting rooms. So we um, we always want to make sure that we're showcasing these wines as well. Um, you may walk into a building that says Kokomo on the outside, but uh, Breaking Bread will be there on the inside. And um, along What's with- great about this, too, is... Um- Younger people are very um, much into the natural wine movement. Mm-hmm. And we do have in our industry, we need to keep young people engaged and get them into wine. Right. And so this is this is wonderful stepping stone to all the other wines. But, you know, you can stay right on this stone and be very happy. Um, <laughs> but it gives a great range for someone coming in the tasting room. There's something for everybody's palate they're really going to enjoy. Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting as younger people go, like if they're into some kind of new music, then we're always like, as older folks, we're like, oh, that's the young people I doing love you that. saying older folks. You know, <laughs> well, you I mean, older, it's, Eric. I, 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 I might I, be, but you I'm, I'm getting up not, there too, you know, You don't look like you qualify. That was, that's cute. <laughs> but, you know. We're fermenting well. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're being preserved well. We, we, we always, we're, we're talking about how do we get young people into wine? Yeah, we know what they're into, but at the same time, we have a lot of people that just don't want to grasp what's going on in this natural world. And it's, um, and you just can't throw a big, broad stroke and say that they're all flawed because there's a lot of really cool natural projects out there that aren't necessarily flawed that are. I will bring this up, and I don't do this because this was a little bit of a slap in the face. I thought when Randy first said this to me, but I've actually come to embrace it a little bit. So I'm like, dude, I'm going to start this new project, and I'm really excited about it. And it's these low alcohol wines that I'm going to, you know, do carbonically on the red and uh, the reds, and they'll be, you know, chillable. And I'm so excited and I'm explaining all this to Randy Peters, the fourth (laughs) generation farmer, right? And he's been in the industry, you know, his whole life. And he looks at me with this look and he says, you know what? It kind of sounds like dad drinking Carlo Rossi with an ice cube. (laughs) Well, And I was like, oh, no, 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 this isn't that. And then and then as I thought about it, I'm like, well, I mean, you know, those were the really light style wines back in the day and uh, certainly probably made more in a commercial way than what we make breaking bread, no doubt. But- did we not lose the fact that it, I call it? You know, did we 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 got Parkerized is the term yeah, where we exactly. all big yeah. and rich and ripe, but a lot of wineries quit making quaffable, lighter right. style wines in right. in all. And but that doesn't mean that you 
can't like both. Yeah, yeah that's I think true. the thing is to me, it's that's both. True. It I mean, is because true. to me, like a really great cab is still well worth uh, having that for dinner. True. A really great cab, but then no, on no. the other hand, I love this al dente. You know, chilled like this. Like this is living here where the what, the summer's so this hot. Like this is like a perfect red. A to sit Peter on. Sellers movie in the '60s. You know, <laughs> because it's so happening and it's like got so it's swinging, but it's so of just the '60s vibe. And yeah. there, but there's something about this that's just fresh and new and exciting. And I, I think you capture too. that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, I feel that way too. And then you know, you you've mentioned it too a couple of times, like the labels. The labels yeah. are so fun. Speaking of labels, so Eric brought us some stickers, and they're they're just <laughs> awesome. So they're, what would you say? These are homage to classic rock bands. Yes. And so Beth, so here we have a cab summon on. What band is that? Going to oh, test is her that knowledge. Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. Give the woman oh, ding, ding, right. ding, 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 <laughs> ding, ding. Now we have this awesome Chardonnay, and oh, I will put well, these Chicago. I will put these. That's this sad. woman knows her wow. her typography. <laughs> Okay, I bet yeah. you won't know this one, this Grenache. I'm going to uh, put these on the website when uh, our show like notes. It's like Green Day too. or something. I don't know. That one's the Clash. The Clash. Oh, the Clash. The this, clash. this you would know for sure. <laughs> no, this... I don't know. <laughs> Come I don't on, know. it's in the first name. It's not Prince. No, no, I don't know. It's Floyd. Pink yeah, Pink Floyd. Floyd. Oh, Pink Floyd. Kind of the wall. From the wall. So, yeah, yeah, the wall. And then this one, I actually, I'm not sure I know this one. Yeah, that one is a punk rock band called the Misfits. Ah. And it says Merlot. That's these are yeah. so cool. And they, I, I just have fun with them. You know, another to throw Randy in here. The, he, he saw the receipt for this or whatever because he's he's, <laughs> he's, a, like, he's a guy always thumbing doing? through. <laughs> and he's like, so why did you spend twelve hundred dollars on stickers? And I says, well, because they're really cool. And he's like, what are you gonna do with them? And I'm like, I'm gonna give them away. And he's like, you spent twelve hundred dollars to give them away, you know? And I'm like, yeah, man. I named my winery Kokomo after my hometown of Kokomo, Indiana. Kokomo, Indiana is a blue collar factory town. And there's certainly no pretension in Kokomo. Um, and so, but I had to, because I named my winery after my hometown, that's a blue collar town. I had to kind of follow suit with that as far as the look of the winery. It definitely didn't need any crystal chandeliers or anything right. that was like overly fancy. It needed to keep this kind of barn wood earthy vibe in there because, you know, people would come in from Indiana and say, this is, you named it Kokomo and it looks like this, but anyway, love my hometown. But, uh, so we have fun and wine doesn't have to be pretentious, but at the same time, um, it's a, it's a noble beverage and, and we're dead serious about farming and the way that we make wines, but you know, absolutely. You but this is it. also a way of connecting with your audience. Well, people will just love it, that. It's just, it's, for the, it's engage, just fun. It's fun. Yeah. yeah I, I think so too. I'm glad you guys like them. So, so totally. They're totally great. We'll have to Rochambeau to see who's taking home one. <laughs> he, he brought a whole bunch. Okay. $1,200 worth. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. But yeah, we brought, we, we brought some anyway. Tell Randy. The stickers went to good use. <laughs> For us, I think when you come to Kokomo, it's not about the pairing. It's not about taking a, a tour on an ATV or on a gondola up a hill or whatever it may be. It's really going to be about a lot of cool wines that have a lot of different, we have a lot of varietals we make and different styles and, and hopefully 
you know, coming, uh, you know, in, at around harvest, you'll see us making wine and, and really kind of feel the, 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 the smells and the, and yeah, the, vibe the whole of energy. That's of the most exciting yeah. time. That's of what year. people want. I think yeah. so much of, and there definitely are some amazing food pairings that you can go to, but of, as a visitor, if you only have a day or two or you know, even three days, you don't want six food pairings. I mean, so yeah. you do need a variety. And I think I talked to a lot of people asking, should they come in September or October? Is that a good time to come? It's like, that is the prime time to come because you'll see gondolas with grapes coming in. You'll you'll smell the the the, the grapes the smell and the fruit. It's just like amazing. And the energy. And if they go to Kokomo and they can see that happening in the background, you know, the winemaking, that's an experience that you'll just never forget. I say the same thing, Beth. I, I'm on the road a lot. I travel in the spring kind of promoting my wines and so on in different states. And everyone's like, what's the best time to come? And I would say harvest. And they would look at me like, yeah, well, you're so busy at that time. And I'm like, but that's when you want to be a part of I'm it. I'm like, but there is particularly <laughs> the for these people that are Psalms or in the industry. Right, right. I'm like, have you ever eaten a cab yes. berry? Yeah. Right, right do, do you realize yeah. that a Zinfandel cluster right. is like five times the size of a Pinot Noir mm -hmm. cluster? Like, yeah, until just you... seeing the clusters is right. like a, amazing. You would never think how different they right. really look. I mean, it, it's like a lineup. And taste. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but and I love the that. Where you taste Malbec and you go, wow, it's got this interesting zinny character. It's not like the other Bordeaux varietals. And I tell people I get to know these varietals as a grape. And I think that a, people would be a lot less pretentious about wine if they knew that these fancy French names like Pinot Noir and Cabernet yeah. Sauvignon and all these names are just names of varietals. Right. Because we certainly it's don't confusing. feel like right. that these fancy names for apples make them intimidating. It's just kind of, <laughs> you know, the new name for an apple, yeah, you know, but, but we keep with these classic names for grapes, but they are just varietal names. Exactly. You know. So when people come to the tasting, you were saying you don't really do um, like a food experience, but you do do your famous fried chicken. We do birds and bubbles. Uh, birds, birds and, and bubbles. bubbles. And I think you've been once. I have yes, been a couple right. times. Yeah, cool. Because um, I'm a aficionado of birds the bubbles. bubbles. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and I do I do this pet net there as well. I do our traditional sparkling. I was just going to say, this blanc, must be but... incredible with the fried chicken. You know, it's a cool thing. I was in North Carolina on one of these sales trips, and that's where I got inspired by this whole event where we were, you know, had a free day, and it was just beautiful in the mountains of the Blue Ridge Parkway. And we were, my distributor was like, okay, we're going to go get this fried chicken. And she shows up at this uh, like, gas okay, station, and yeah. the fried chicken is being fried in the back stations. of the gas station. <laughs> that's awesome. And, you know, we bring it out, and the guy's like, don't you cover that up. It's going to get the chicken soggy. You got to keep it open. And anyway, he was really proud about it. So I was well, like, well, yeah. that's one good sign that it came out of the back of the gas station, but he's very proud about his chicken, so we feel good. And, right. And so then we went up to this mountaintop, and we had champagne and grower champagne and really cool bubbles and fried chicken. And I was like, this is just <laughs> so Kokomo. Living the it's dream. Like, you yeah. know, our most fancy wine we do, our, our Blanc de Blanc, Right. Sparkling, you know, method champenois paired with fried chicken, which sounds very coconut. I went to that event with you once yes. and it was just so memorable. It was, and because you're in the vineyard, everything, I mean, the setting, about the everything setting, about it, you're like, this is magic. Super yeah. dynamic. It is, we are on, we're at Timbercrest Farms and it's at 4791 Dry Creek Road. It's a 120 acre vineyard on the East Bench and it is spectacular. The Walton Spills have owned that piece of land since the 50s and, um, 
they, it's just it's just really really a cool spot. We have awesome neighbors like Papa Pietro Perry and Amphora and Peterson Winery. Yeah, a great little cluster Optima there. And, yeah, so we got a, a cool little cluster up there. They used to, you know, people would call us different things. We had a tasting room up there at one time called Family Wineries, and oh, people right. would just call us that. And we're right. like, no, yeah, it's important <laughs> that you call it Timbercrest Farms because that's what I put on. My label, and oh, I, yeah. make, I make so much wine from that vineyard, right. and, and and we want people to know oh. that Timbercrest is this 120 acre vineyard. But anyway, my partner Randy Peters planted every vine on the property and was managed all those vineyards for for years. And he's now he's just managing his own vineyards, which is Pauline's vineyard and Peter's vineyard, and my wife and I's vineyard, Mizani Vineyard. But um, he still has his mentor Joaquin that takes care of uh, Timbercrest and and the hundred acres in, in uh, Alexander Valley that we call Roots Vineyard. Um, and so it's just cool for me. I, I kind of feel, you know, you pinch yourself to sometimes you keep come out here from Kokomo, yeah. Indiana, and <laughs> you, you land in this spot where you got a tasting room on dry Creek road and you get to make all these cool grapes into wine. And, you know, it's, that's uh, why people should watch the video on the breaking That video is so great. And the end of it and, and just the scenery and every, the whole story, it's really and well done. And incorporates your philosophy so yeah. well. Yeah. It's a great video. So in the show notes, we'll put a link to that. Well, the best way to reach you is through the website, I would assume, or yes, yeah. give us a call or the website, and that has our phone number on it. But yes, that's always the easiest. And does Kokomo? Uh, can you do walk-in tasting at this point? Is Absolutely, if you have space. Yeah, you know, does. I mean, yeah. I love appointments, and right. so yeah. it's, it's kind of cool. You'll start the day out, and you go, like, "How many appointments do we have?" And it kind of lets you know what the day is going to be like. But it really doesn't. And you love those walk-ins, and I have to remind our people in the tasting room, like two years ago, there was no appointments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, and you had no idea if you had right. a big right. group or anybody right. or or nobody. And right. so, um, but we always want to make wine tasting, you know, and I was listening to one of your podcasts earlier, you know, before, and you were talking about, you know, you're at a winery and then someone, you hear other people talking about right. a, a wine or, or the person at the winery recommends it. And right. I'm that type of traveler too. I hate to have like every single minute of my yeah, itinerary hard. planned out. You right. want to have a little bit of little spontaneity. You know, yes, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. That's so. always the case. Always good. Um, Totally side note, unrelated to wine, but I have a son that just moved to Indianapolis, Indiana. Oh, <laughs> you know, Indiana, what a great place to be from. Um, and, yeah. you know, and I go back every year. I do a fundraiser in Kokomo. That's what I'm thinking. I'll have to vacation in Indianapolis. It's, you know, there's the 500, which is really I know. cool. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's the people in Indiana are awesome. Uh, I went to Purdue University, yeah. nice. and I do a collaboration with them, with the Purdue Alumni Association. Oh, cool. And we release a wine called the Boilermaker Blend. Oh, but they've cool. just been so supportive. And it's yeah. just, you know, we get this Indiana contingency that I'm sure. comes out, and yeah. you're like, Okay, how'd you? And they're like, oh, I was doing a, you know, uh, retreat or whatever in San Jose, and I drove all the way here because I had to see the place. Oh, and it's, yeah. it's it's so cool, you know. Right. But um, yeah, so we do like to treat our Hoosier folks that come, you know, with a <laughs> little extra nice. Uh, Something if we can. And so if you're it, out know. there listening, yeah, Kokomo yeah. is for you. That's yeah. the place. <laughs> but we, we like to treat everybody. I think you know one of the main things what we pride ourselves on is hospitality. You, know. you guys are the master of it. You know, I mean, I always feel that way. I I never pop in, certainly with a reservation. <laughs> I just pop in when I pop in, and I don't know half the people that work in there. They don't know me, but I'm treated amazingly. 
I I'm love going there. That. I'm glad to hear that. And we get a lot of cool reviews that way. And, you know, that is all. We've had uh, Ross James for 12 years with us, and he is the- He is the master. He is the guru of hospitality. <laughs> yes, he definitely And is. has taught us all yeah. what that means. And right. I love his definition, which is hospitality is the way you make somebody feel right. when exactly. they come in. And it's like, it's that simple, really, but uh, but so important. Yeah. Yeah. It is a bonus when I show up and Ross happens to be there. I'm like, oh, score. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everyone says that. So let's see. I don't know what else I have to talk about. I should, before we wrap things up, I should mention that we have um, a never a dull moment at the Wine Road office. We have tickets on sale for two different events. We have uh, the Fall Wine Trail, which is new for us. It's a one-day event, September 23rd. It's $50 a person. You can go to wineroad.com and just click on Fall Wine Trail. And we're all now also selling uh, tickets for the Wine and Food Affair, which is November 4th and 5th. We're in. So um, I'm super excited about it. I mean, we're. I feel like we're kind of back to doing fun food events, and I'm excited. Can yeah, you tell? I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm, excited, I'm exhausted and excited. W- Wine Road's events have always been, you know, so key for our industry because they, you know, bring us new faces. So but it's they new people, yeah. and they come at a time, particularly Winter Wineland. Yeah. You know, um, but you know, it's uh, it's one of those things where you you dress it all up, right? You put right. your you you change out the Let's cellar, you bring in a cater. <laughs> so on those events, I love to showcase our wine with food. Yeah, and that's when we do right. it. We do right. it during Wine Road events, right. and and that's when we you know for for Winter Wineland we have food, of course for Wine and Food Affair we have food, and and for all those uh, Wine Road events, and that's. So fun and such a kind of continuity that we get amongst all the wineries, you know, that do that because it's, uh, you know, it's Russian River, it's Dry Creek Valley, and it's Alexander Valley, man. It's it's the heart of, and nothing against, uh, you know, Sonoma Valley or right. any of the other applet, <laughs> but Fountain Grove ABA, which right, is where I right. live, you oh know, my gosh. All, all those different. Uh, There's so many. Uh, There's so many. A- ABAs, <laughs> but like those three for me, um, and we have vineyards in all three. Right. And I just I love you know when I when I'm back in Indiana for instance and you try to tell people about these microclimates right. that we have it's so tough for them to realize that not only would we have complete different temperature right over this oh, ridge yeah. you know but also the soil types are so varied Everything. you know we have more soil types in Sonoma County than all of France combined. Right, the diversity is mind blowing in in every way. Yeah, if we have a minute. We should mention one more thing. We should talk about the newest article written by our very own wine writer extraordinaire, Marcy Gordon. You want to tell us? All, All right. right. So my, my claim <laughs> to fame today. So in the current issue of Wine Enthusiasts, the August, September. So by the time you hear this, I think it will still be on the newsstands. Yeah. I have a story in the very back called The Last Drop. And it's an excerpt from my memoir, Living in Italy Memoir. And I hope you'll pick it up and read it. And thanks for mentioning that, Beth. And well, then someday the memoir will be out and you can read that because I've known Marcy for years, but I never knew where her real intense uh, wine knowledge came from. And then the book made it so clear. (laughs) And that kind of, that's the beginning of it. Yeah, it started in Italy. So it's really about how I became acquainted with wine. And started my wine journey. <laughs> we all have a, a, yeah. a way and a time. Yeah, there's yeah. definitely yeah, stories, there's... all so, different stories. Thanks, Beth. But if it's still on the newsstands, when you're buy a copy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So cool. All right. I think that's it. Thank Anything you. Anything else, Eric? 
No, I just want to thank you guys for having me. So cool to be here in the studio. And thank you guys all for all the things that you do for all of us wineries and and the wine industry. Well, thanks for three bottles of wine. Yeah, (laughs) you brought the goods, Eric. Thank you. All righty. We'll see you on the wine road. Thank you. Cheers. Bye.